Well, hey everyone, welcome to this season of the Gather Influence podcast. You're invited to join us in catalytic conversations designed to connect, equip, and mobilize you to be empowered to influence your world for Jesus Christ. I'm Kathy Ostapchuk. And I'm Rebecca Doner. And in this season seven of our podcast, we are having some incredible conversations with ordinary, extraordinary women who are doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose all across this great nation. So settle in and get ready for a season full of episodes that are unlike any you've heard before. Every episode brings vulnerability, real women sharing real life experience of how they're carrying with clarity all the things they are called to and how to know what to let go of and when. This is your invitation to you, ordinary, extraordinary women in the middle of your lives to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. I want to give a shout out to our stunning season seven podcast sponsors, Compassion Canada, whose mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. We encourage you to consider the opportunity to interrupt poverty with hope and sponsor a child. And now enjoy this episode of season seven of the Gather Influence podcast, All the Things. Well, today on season seven of the Gather Influence podcast, I'm so excited to have my friend, and I'm sure she will be your friend at the end of this podcast, Jacqueline Widener, all the way from BC. So Jacqueline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kathy. I'm excited just to chat with you and just get to share with all the listeners. I know. And then as soon as we both came on, I thought, oh, we should press record right now because we already talk about so many good things. And that's what I love about hanging out with like-minded women, women that are in this nation for such a time as now, but you may or may not know them. I mean, I know that you would have come across Jacqueline if you're scrolling through Instagram, because she's also always doing the most amazing, fun things. And, um, I don't know if you have the energy of 10 women or if this is just normal for you. <laughs> no, um, it's so funny. I've heard you say that before. And I think, um, I mean, for one thing, we see just a snapshot of people um, right. on Instagram. And I have in the past, like posted pictures of myself napping <laughs> or just doing <laughs> nothing. Because I think sometimes it is helpful to, share more of a fuller picture. Uh, but I really do feel like often I have a, I have a limited capacity and, um, there are seasons where I feel like I can push hard in different areas, but, um, I really do. I have maybe again, it's getting, you know, cross that threshold. I'm into 40 now and I've realized more of that capacity, but I really do value getting a good night's sleep. And just, and resting either in moments throughout the day or having a solid kind of Sabbath. I feel like that has, that's a game changer for me in terms of production and getting stuff done. Yeah, that's so interesting because I've often felt that when I'm coaching women or talking with women, that when you kind of hit that 40 mark, you really start to settle into yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you also are able to let go of some of the things that are driving you to never stop. You, you realize, oh, I can stop 
and get some rest. Yeah. And I know you're doing a lot of things. The funny thing, the difference between you and I um, is that I can do a lot of things, but then I'm just too tired to post. Honestly, like I'm too tired to post. And that's where I need like a personal person to come and go, let me post that for you. But you get to do, you do do all the things and doing all the things I think has this bad rap, you know, it's picked up this thing. Well, if she's doing all these things, then she can't be fully present to her family or she's not pushing her career forward or her ministry forward, but you do do all the things. And I would love you to share with our listeners just a few of the things that you're involved with in your family and in your ministry right now. Yeah. Well, just to, um, kind of piggyback off what you just said. Um, I think those things are actually a bit of a challenge to be fully present um, with my family and also push forward in the things I feel like God has called me to. So just for the person listening who feels like, wow, it must be so easy. Like, no, no, no. It actually, <laughs> I feel like can take a lot of, you know, boundaries and discipline and choosing well in the moment And I have enough of those moments where I don't feel like I choose well, that I want to make better choices that actually kind of helps propel me forward. So what I'm doing right now, I feel like it's often changing. Um, I had a weekly podcast for three years, Ready to Thrive, and I've taken pause on that podcast for a little bit. And I'm excited to dive back in, but it has been a good pause Um, And I think sometimes we need to step back from things just to evaluate and say, okay, what do we, I want this to look like going forward. I'm running a few things locally. Uh, We're starting up a kind of a quarterly women's worship night, um, as well as a, an annual women's retreat that Kathy was on last year, went to a beautiful place called Malibu. Um, So some of those things that are less kind of in the everyday Um, I have a book that I self-publish and I occasionally run um, an online course with women. And so I'm taking some women actually from Texas right now through uh, this book called Tangled. It's a six-week study, a soul care revival guide. And so I just end up doing different things like that. I have some e-courses that people can purchase anytime or I will take women through. And so a lot of different things, writing and speaking online here and there. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now at this present moment. Yes. And talking to me about all those things. (laughs) So here's the thing. I mean, for if you are, um, have the gift of being able to do multiple things while gifted in different areas, I really see you as a communicator, Jacqueline. And so you're really choosing all the things that have to do with communication and kind of, you know, finding different ways to get your message out. So sometimes all of those things can complement each other. And then it's a lot more seamless because they're all kind of umbrellaed under this one sort of theme. Sometimes they can compete with each other. When do you know when you're sort of in alignment, when all things are sort of going the same direction? And when do you know that, oh, these things are competing and it doesn't feel right? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like really it, it does come back to that uh, discernment of like really learning to pause before I say yes to something, to pray and to ask questions. Because I have had those seasons where I have said yes to something really because I didn't want to miss out. It felt like yeah. a great opportunity and I had that FOMO. And, and again, 
I've probably learned more in my mistakes than I have when I've kind of made the right decision. And so when I've committed to something and I've, I've said yes to something, I'm going to follow through with it. But I also can have that sinking feeling of like, I, I knew I probably needed to say no. Like that was probably the first thing that the Holy Spirit told me like that. You, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, and then we can, we can pray and, but then we can also ask all the people in our lives, which is not a bad thing, getting wisdom from others. Um, but sometimes we are seeking counsel to affirm a different decision than we already know we kind of need to make. So really it is, um, I think it is just being able to kind of be obedient, even when it kind of feels like it doesn't make sense in the world or, or if you have that feeling of FOMO. And so when I've actually listened to that voice and I've, I have gone with that, even if it means like I've, I've said no to something and that was a fun thing and I'm missing out. That's when I feel like I'm kind of walking in that alignment of like, okay, this is, this is where God wants me to be. And sometimes it is that season of quiet and family and not looking very productive rest or whatever that might be. Um, I always feel like those moments of rest and quiet are an invitation from God, like an invitation to pull back. But I, it's, I feel like sometimes he's like, I just want to do something a little bit deeper in you. And that will come out later on. I think we have that fear of, especially in this day and age of, of pulling back, of not producing, right? And mm -hmm. because we're like, well, I'm going to be behind if I stop. Yeah. And so um, I do think though, those are the moments where God's like, you're not behind. I've got you right where I want you. And then in the season where I'm going to get you to run again, you're actually going to have something to say. And so, um, that's what I have been trying to do sometimes feeling miserably at it. And <laughs> sometimes it feels like exactly where God wants me to be. Yeah. I mean, you put your finger on such a key point for women that are listening, including me is that, yeah, we do have this fear that we are going to get behind. Like there's some kind of race and somebody's marking us, you know, and it's like, oh, you should be farther. I remember the day I turned 40, I couldn't get out of bed because I thought I should have been so much farther by now. Yeah. And so, yeah, that fear of missing out um, rather than the joy of missing out. It's yeah. so hard to make that choice. But I'm wondering alongside that, if there are women who are paralyzed with fear to move forward, because it's a different kind of fear that they say yes to something and they fear that as soon as they say yes, they start self-doubting. And I'm looking at you thinking about your yes last year when you, yeah. this year, when you pulled together that beautiful retreat in Malibu, I know that that was hard for you. And yet when we all gathered, it was like, of course this had to happen. Can you speak to that at all? Has that ever happened when you've made decisions? Yes. And then you doubted it all along the way. Well, I think that's a great example the retreat that Kathy is talking about, um, I had put on a small, very small retreat the year before, had the opportunity to do something a little bit bigger. And for me, the risk was, uh, hey, people are, are buying plane tickets. Like they're flying from across the country. There better be something good here. Like feeling that pressure, as well as just feeling the pressure of running a larger event when there's money involved and am I going to be on the hook if we don't get enough people and all of the different things, are we going to lose money? Um, and so it really felt like the decision to say yes was very stressful. I had a few sleepless nights. 
I had a few uh, friends who I had confided in and they saw the, the ugly, stressful cry, like literally tears and feeling like, I don't know if I can say yes. But again, I had that feeling that God was like, I, there's no peace in saying no. Like I, I mm. want this to go forward. I'm going to help you. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I'm going to help you move forward. And so actually when I said yes, I felt peace in it. And there was, there was doubt along the way. There were still a few more sleepless nights, uh, but I remember we were there for three nights. So I think it was the second day we were there. I was having a little quiet time in the morning and things had been going really well. And I really felt like God was meeting women where they were at. And it really had nothing to do with um, the things that I was doing. It was just providing the space for the women. And I remember writing in my journal, I could have said no. Mm. I could have missed this. Yeah. And so that moment was a really good marker for me of the risking the God. Yes. Because I really think if we look in scripture, no one knew the ending, right? They, everyone was, they move forward in this faith of the unknown. And I think because we know the end of their story, we just think, oh, well, of course, like Joshua went forward with that. Or of course, like, Joseph was doing that or David was like, no, no, they really didn't like David did not know if Goliath was going to kill him. Like, yeah. You know I mean? like, yeah. And so I think we don't get the full monologue of, okay, I'm, I'm looking for these stones and I'm, my palms are sweaty and oh my goodness, this guy actually looks way bigger. What, what was I thinking? Why didn't I put on Saul's armor? Like we don't get any of that dialogue, but he's human. And so we have the same, um, we have the same dialogue and I think there will be either internal doubts that come our way, or again, sticking with David in the story where he's going up to Goliath, it's his brother who starts to really kind of chirp at him and say like, who do you think you are? Like his, his brother is brutal to him in that story. And so I think for us, we either have the internal voice saying, mm -hmm. who do you, like, who do you think you are? running a retreat that Kathy Ostertuck's going to come to? Like you are nobody, right? So you can have that internal voice or you can have the external voice saying like, oh, that's a big risk. I don't think you should do that. This doesn't make sense or any of that kind of yeah. stuff. To be focused on the, this is what God asked me to do. That obedience is just going to trump that. And I think God really sees that. He, he saw David's heart in it. He's a man after my own heart. That's that's where I think we find ourselves in this place of, okay, God, not everybody in my life is going to understand. And I think that's a big part of leadership is mm -hmm. the people either in your very inner circle or just beyond, mm -hmm. they won't understand. And that's where actually we can get very paralyzed is trying to convince all of the people of what God has already called us to, but we just need to keep being obedient. And, and unfortunately, know that we will be probably misunderstood along the way. And I think that is a, a very, very hard part of leadership and moving forward is saying, I'm going to have to be okay with being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And um, it was Lisa Whittle. I don't know if you're familiar, mm -hmm. familiar with her. She's an author and speaker. I heard her say once something that I had just kind of been processing. And she said, because she had struggled for a few years in, in kind of this ministry space of following this calling, but also feeling like, I don't know if I'm, how do I go forward? I don't want to, I don't want to promote myself. I don't want to like, but I have this message. 
And she said, I had to get over myself. Like mm-hmm. I just had to get over myself. And I feel like that's part of what this is, is the, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of have to cross that threshold of like the things that God has called me to do. Um, they may look like they're about me. It's not about me. And so I'm going to move forward in that, just being obedient to what God has called me to. And there is a great amount of relief that comes with that because you're no longer feeling like, ah, it's my job to convince everybody. It's my job to mm-hmm. trust that they look at me in a certain way, but I'm just, I just get to be obedient and that's scary and it can be lonely. Um, but I'm going to pray that there are going to be people that come alongside me that can cheer me on, lift up my arms when I feel like I'm tired and I want to give up. Um, and that really is those, those women who I shared about who I had the ugly cry with, that's what they did. They just said, we know that this is something God has, has put in your hands and in your life. And we know you're the person to run this thing. And so we're going to support you as best we can. And, um, and I think God does that as well. I think he brings along the people alongside us um, that we, sometimes we need to kind of be intentional about connecting with looking for. And sometimes mm-hmm. he just brings them along. We're like, I don't even know I needed you, but I need you for this yeah. thing that he's called me to. Wow. There's so much to unpack in that. Lots of wisdom. I'm thinking all of us would love an ugly cry squad. <laughs> like just, we need those. And, you know, more often than not, we don't have them. And people think we do, you know, when you're leading at any kind of level at all, it's like, oh, they must be surrounded by an army, but it is very isolating. And you have to make these decisions in sacred spaces, often alone or with a small group. But you mentioned that leadership is, you know, it's, it's the, the journey of kind of the background. Nobody really knows what you're going through when you're making the decision. They just see that, oh, you're a great leader. You pulled this retreat together. You wrote a book. You had a a podcast. You know, you're thriving. But the paradox is that, yes, you can make the decision and have great peace about it, but you're still continuing to carry the risk of it. Does that make sense? Like that both and where, yeah, I have peace about it. I know it was the right thing to do but it's still really hard. Like every day is a trust journey. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And yeah. I was just thinking about how um, in each piece, I mean, we have some, we have some mutual friends who some who have been on the podcast, but um, you know, when I was, I um, had started off writing my book and it, it started off as just something God was teaching me in telling me kind of like showing me, Hey God, Hey, this is what you've been doing in your life, Jacqueline. You're, you're tangled because of this. And I shared with a friend who asked me to speak at a women's retreat. And then I really felt like God was like, okay, turn this into a study. And I very, very scarily um, texted a few friends and said, Hey, do you guys want to do this? And I um, had them over my house and I, I shared the study with them each week for six weeks. And then I did nothing with it. And then a woman named Caitlin Say came along and she messaged me. I think we had a miscommunication and she said, Hey, are you going to send me like some chapters of your book? And I was like, I don't think I agreed to that, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so I ended up very, very reluctantly sending her the introduction in chapter one. And she said, people need this. Let's get it done. And really she, she championed getting the, all of, all of the stuff where I was stuck, the, edit, the editing and the formatting, she did that. 
like, and she would never take the credit. She'd never say, oh, I, I helped Jacqueline. No, she, she really did that while I just felt paralyzed. Mm. Um, and our, we have a mutual friend, Zach Yaku, who is the online pastor of Village. And really he approached me and said, I've got podcast equipment. I will edit for you. I will, I'd like for you to do a podcast. And so those are some of the things behind the scenes where, you know, mm. you may feel like God has called you to something but you have some holes in your skill set, and that's okay um, because he will bring those people along in the right time. And I, I really just think so much of our, so much of our role is just that step of obedience mm-hmm. and trusting that God is going to provide the next thing along the way. And even if it looks like differently than we would have expected, and I even think about the connection with Caitlin mm-hmm. was a friend of mine who said oh, you should really, um, the women's pastor at my church, you should connect with her. And I messaged her and it was in her, like on Instagram. I don't think she got back to me for a few months. She hadn't seen it, but I immediately took it as, oh, this person doesn't like me. This person doesn't want to be my friend, whatever the thing is. And I think we can have just like David, again, we could get stuck in that place of offense. Like if he had stopped yeah his brother he never would have fought Goliath and so um one thing you may not know about me is I'm a very very easily offendable person uh, (laughs) because I just assume all of those well that person didn't respond they didn't like me right and I've had to that's again we're in this quiet time with the Holy Spirit where he said what if what if they just didn't see it? What if they got yeah. busy and they saw it and they forgot? What? Because those are the things that I do and I give myself grace for because I know the whole story. And I could, I could write an entire book on the amount of things that God has done in my life that would not have happened if I had stayed in that place of offense. And so having those kind of soft hearts as well and being open to... Um, you know, very likely there are people in your life that um, have been rude, mean, or kind of offended you that actually God really wants to use for your future and for things that he has a plan and a purpose for. Um, But we can kind of get stuck in that place too. Like we can get stuck in doubt, but we can really get stuck in offense. Yeah, that's a whole podcast on its own. And I think, you know, um, we should do one on on that. because we do get stuck there and it just derails us, you know, because we're always looking at people with like, are you here to harm me or here to do me good? Um, But you said an interesting word, scarily. And I think, you know, we've heard the phrase like do it afraid, but had you not written the Tangled book, had you not thought, you know, I can use my communication gift to do a podcast, nobody would have come to the surface to say, I can help you with that. And so doing it afraid, you said, I'm going to scarily do this. <laughs> and I love that word. I think that's our new, our new word. We have to do it. We have to do some things. And sometimes we do have to try a lot of things to find out the few that are in our gift set. But, you know, the voices around us, it's good to seek wise counsel, but not to let, you know, uh, the border bullies kind of say, no, you shouldn't do that. And often they are the people closest to us, you know, but God knows and God calls us. And he said to Jacqueline, you must do this. And I guess that's one of my questions is, 
if you had to finish the sentence, like the thing that I cannot not do is, how would you finish that? The thing that I cannot not do. I had already been the sponsor of a compassion child for a number of years when God put on my heart that it was time to sponsor another child. But how to choose? I began praying. And because I had done ministry in Ghana for several years, I really wanted a Ghanaian child. Lo and behold, I went to a compassion event. And there on the compassion table was a picture of the girl from Ghana that I knew I was to sponsor. If you've ever heard of the concept of sponsoring a child, often people struggle with choosing a child to sponsor. They feel bad choosing. But I think it can be such a beautiful and profound moment for a child to find out that they were chosen. And that moment is the start of a beautifully unique story that God is writing. To make it a little bit more practical, you can use many different factors to choose a child to sponsor. Maybe it's a child from a country like me that you have a personal connection to. Maybe you share a birthday. Maybe the child is the same age or gender as one of your kids. Maybe you just pick the first child presented to you. But know this, your choice to sponsor will impact a child's life forever. And you can start the journey today at compassion.ca slash if dash only. I love being on this journey of sponsoring several children from Compassion now. And I hope that you will join me. Start today, compassion.ca slash if dash only, and begin to pray about choosing the child that you will sponsor. I would say um, point women to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think that is always at the root of everything that I'm doing that, um, you know, I, I want to process hard things with people, the hard season we've gone through the grief and the loss. And, um, and I want to continue to say, okay, I want to hear you where you're at. And I think I was listening recently to um, someone just talking about the need for us to not get stuck in those hard places, but really to grieve them and I think that's part of, um, you know, things have been changing quite a bit in Canada. Um, we recently just had the Arrive Can app um, <laughs> get removed and I live quite close to the border. And so that's, that's actually huge for me. And I was thinking that that's another piece of this puzzle this last season, kind of, you know, that part closing. And I was like, oh, that, that actually brings up another level of grief and mm. I'm just a big fan of, of taking time to grieve even the small things, mm -hmm. because I think that's a place where we, we do get to heal and then we're going into the next place, the next season, but also the next mm -hmm. assignment that God has for us, not carrying this like heavy, heavy weight around with us. And so all that to say is that I, I have to just point people to Jesus in it to mm -hmm. say, okay, these things that have gone on in this, like people have gone through something hard in this past season, but they've also gone through like, okay, this is hard. Plus someone you love died. Hey, this is hard. Plus 
you lost your job. Hey, this is hard. Plus you were very sick. Hey, this was hard. Plus one of your yeah. kids had, one of your kids went through a really hard thing. So like it's, it's, yeah, we've all had this collective hard season and then we've had these individual hard things. And then what does it look like to say, I've been carrying this heavy load. Let's bring it to the feet of Jesus. And so that's the place where um, there's this exchange, there's transformation. The things that we don't even realize we've been carrying around with us where he lightens our load. And so that is the thing that I feel like I was made to do is encourage women. Also let them know that some of that load, like they don't have to carry. Um, Some of what I love to share about um, is just this idea of conviction, which I know sounds weird because it's like, hey, yeah, let's talk about sin and let's talk about like (laughs) a really hard thing. Yay. Um, But I love to talk about it as a gift and how the things that God is like highlighting to us, if we slow down enough, like I love to talk about just rest and slowing down enough that things will come to the surface because again, Jesus is like, I want to take that from you so that you can be free and not be kind of, again, that like lugging it around. I think that's part of the weariness of the season is there's, we're carrying and, and as a leader as a wife, as a mom, whatever your role is, you're carrying your stuff, but you've also picked up a few other bags along the way, right? Like you're carrying that, that thing that your, your kids have been going through. You're carrying, even this morning, I was thinking about what a weird, you know, first few years of elementary school, my kids have had, mm-hmm. like, and just what is that going to mean for them? And I'm actually also a high school teacher. And so what does that look like for the, my high school students have changed so much. And so all of those things, um, how do we daily bring them to Jesus because I feel like I get up in the morning and I'm like, I'm getting ready. And I will pick up those invisible bags again, right? Like I'll pick up the burdens and Jesus is like, Hey, how about today? You just give them to me. I know you gave them to me yesterday. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And um, all of those things, I think just helps us live with a light and free heart and living with a light and free heart I think is that that is the difference maker that our unbelieving friends and family see as they go like, okay, what is that inside of you? What is that is so different that you're able to not dismiss all of the hard things that are going on in your life Mm -hmm. and around the world, but you're able to really kind of thrive through them. And it's like, well, it's the invisible exchange that is happening at the cross. It's happening when we take that time to meet with Jesus. And so those are the things I think at the core of me, Mm. and it ends up really kind of falling under this umbrella of soul care, soul rest, something I never would have known about (laughs) years ago. And that's part of what God was really beginning to teach me. Like, Hey, the things that you think about, talk about, watch, like all of those things are having an impact. Just like um, I've been decluttering my house lately and Mm -hmm. finding all of these things that you're like, Oh, how is this this thing expired five years ago, right? Like how, how has that all gotten in there? Let's just pause for a minute. See, take stock. And, and Jesus does the heavy lifting, but he doesn't come and raid our pantry. Like he doesn't just like Mm -hmm. come and do the decluttering. He's like, Hey, I'm going to take it from you, but I I need for you to give it to me. Right. Yeah. That partnership. Again, there's so much wisdom in everything you've just said. I think of, you know, when I'm coaching, I always say, 
you know, what do you have to let go of so you can pick up something greater? Because one of the myths of being women who do all the things is that we carry all the things, including all the crap that we're not meant to carry. And even knowing what to process from the last season so that the next season you're taking what's appropriate. And sometimes it is taking the grief with you because you're human and you want the dignity of being able to process that. And so, you know, having that discernment, what to let go of, what to take into the next season. And you've just kind of given such good context around that. I think it's really helpful. Everything you've said so far in these few minutes is so helpful. Um, first of all, that, you know, you may feel like you're an ordinary woman. There's no such thing, I think, as an ordinary woman, but you're not. You're doing extraordinary things. But in the areas where you're strong, like your gift of unpacking a biblical truth, like you did just now, you, you thrive in that. And then it makes me and anyone listening thinking, I need to know how to pick up more of that as one of my all the things, right? Not the burdens that I'm not meant to carry that only Jesus can. So such beauty, such beauty in that. I love it. Um, uh, what was I going to say next? There's so much that came to me. I think as someone who is doing all the things, but in the best possible way, kind of fighting this, um, you know, this brand identity culture where like, you know, choose one thing, find your lane. We've talked about this on, on the podcast uh, where it could be a highway with four lanes, but you're going one direction and that's it. Do you ever fight with this sense that I should just be doing one thing and be known for that? Yeah. Or, and how does that tie with what you know to be your identity in Christ? It's hmm. a good question. Well, I think the world we live in right now is the online space, yeah. uh, love it or hate it. That's just kind of where we find ourselves. And so one of the things with the online space is that you have a bio and you have yeah. this tiny little thing that says like, this is who I am. Yes. And yeah. I spent, how many words is that? How many words you have to <laughs> sound enough? There was this, there was a time where I think I changed my bio. Like I changed it a few times a day. I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm really trying to figure out how to niche into who I am. And I do think for some people, they have a very, clear ministry call that is pretty niche down. Like it, it is like a, a pretty succinct call. And, uh, and I've done lots of various trainings of marketing and online space and how to get your message across. And, and every time I get to the one where you niche down, it's like, I get so frustrated and I've tried to pick a lane. Like I really have over the last few years and it doesn't seem to be the way that either I'm wired or um, just the things that God has put on my heart. So a year ago, I was launching and in the middle of a course for moms called Mama Get Your Life Back, which was something God had put on my heart. He'd been building it for a few months. Um, and I was, I was coaching women and specifically just trying to help moms rest and get vision for their lives and vision for their family. And I did that for about six months. And then I, I closed down the live portion of it and just kind of packaged it as a course. And in some ways after that, I felt like a bit of a failure because I was like, I couldn't, what's wrong with me? Why can't I niche down? And Kathy and I've had this conversation. Are you an Enneagram seven? Are you, which is like, <laughs> am I moving on to the next thing? But you know, I felt like I've really tried to be obedient to 
focus on the things that God has called me to and move on or pivot when he's asked me to step away. And so in that season, it was, I was really moving my focus again, because I have this capacity as moving my focus to planning this Malibu retreat and all of the, I I saw it as open tabs on my computer. I had so many open tabs. Mm -hmm. I sat with God one day and I wrote down all the things I was doing. And I was like, these tabs, there's too many open tabs. Mm -hmm. And so I just prayed through each one and he was telling me which ones to close down. And so one of them was my podcast. And I was like, oh, I've, I've loved it. I've made so many great friends doing this podcast. Um, But that right now in this season, I had to close that tab. And so I think one of the challenges um, is, I want to get to the second part of your question, but um, you know, I've met, I've had people like, my name is Jacqueline. And I've had people say, you are a Jack of all trades. Like you are, I'm like, that is the worst thing to say in this online space, because I'm not going to be known for anything. If I, Mm. um, I love soul care. I love ready to thrive. I love encouraging moms. And so the challenge for me has been like, you know, in, in practically speaking, that actually may hold me back in a you know, a ministry space, or I've, I've felt that call to speak and to write and, and you can, you can struggle without that kind of niching down at the same time, I have felt like, um, you know, how does that kind of come back to that second part of your question relating to my, like my relationship with Jesus and and my identity? Uh, I've realized that can't be hanging my identity on any of those things Mm. Um, and I think that's a struggle that everybody has in ministry I had been part of an organization that my husband works for for 20 years and I remember when I had stepped back from that there was a bit of what felt like part of my identity that kind of died as I stepped back because I was like that that's who I was Um, and so for me Again, it's a similar kind of daily, okay, God, like, where do you want me to be today in my everyday life? So continuing to kind of pull it back to the, I actually think my, I will have an online presence and things I produce and ministry stuff, but actually what is, I think, more of who you've called me to be is probably going to be all the places that nobody sees, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be those moments with my family. It's going to be all of the moments with my neighbors and, yeah. you know, God has put us in these places. The challenge I find is as somebody who feels called to communicate in a speaking, writing, whatever, I know that's part of who God has created me to be that I don't just be laser focused on that is the way that I'm kind of being used effective in ministry for the kingdom. And that it's not the local, everything around me. And so I actually don't think that it's, I don't wake up and go, Oh, this is so easy. And I'm just, you know, like it, (laughs) there is a tension there Yeah, because if I completely if I completely stop doing the other parts of ministry that I feel like God's called me to, I do feel like there is something in me that feels a little bit dormant can actually feel a little bit anxious and almost a, there can feel like a little bit of a disobedience 
I almost imagine kind of that like Jonah running away saying like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go over here, but it, you know, really, I, I can't find my identity in any of it. My identity can't be in the, my identity can't be in, in my kids and in the, like, I want to have those small places, but that's also not right. Like it, my identity really is in Christ and who he has made me to be. And so when I'm in the, I would say the really flourish, flourishing times, it is just in that place of like, God, I feel connected to you. Yeah. And I've had that time where um, you have, you've asked me to, to do this thing, whatever it is, whether it is hang out with your kids and yeah. make, make dinner or go on Instagram live or something like whatever that thing is just that. I think there is that feeling of um, I'm found in you. I yeah. don't need the approval of anyone over here, which, which again is a challenge. If I'm, if I've God's asked me to create a course or a book or do something and like, I, I'm not responsible for the outcome here. Like no. the, the success of how this, this looks, I'm just responsible for the um, obedience of going forward in it. So that feels like a daily wrestle, at least where mm-hmm. I'm at. Yeah. And so many of us are wrestling with that. And you just brought up the word. That was the next question I was going to ask you was, so much of our choices depend on what our definition of success is at the end of the day. And culture is telling us success is when you are seen and you are known and you are visible to all and people can identify you and find you and, and call upon you, you know, so that you have to say no because everyone wants you. But we know that, you know, God does his best work in the dark and maybe sometimes he's asking us to meet the needs of a neighbor, meet the needs of our family, spend lots of time with him in a season and nobody sees that. And that's the wrestling is to say yes. And I know when we were at Malibu on the retreat, you gave us so much time to do that soul care and reflection, which I really appreciated because I felt that that came right from your heart. And it is always a wrestling, like we're never going to be able to, to predict the outcomes on this side of heaven, but we know that uh, everything comes full circle and you know whether it's in glory with Jesus you know he reminds us of the impact that we had um, and we we live for him we live for that so you've just given us so much mm. such a practical glimpse into somebody who is doing all the things and the perception is that you know you do have like the silver spoon and a host of a big team behind you and and uh, you are you are making sacrifices every day to do the things um, that God is calling you to do so I really appreciate it plus you have a really great sense of humor which I love as well (laughs) absolutely love as well Um, so if someone is being called to something somebody who's listening to this podcast right now and they either have this FOMO of um, you know I have to do it because I've got something to prove or they are paralyzed by you know the fear of, you know, what if I can't do it? What if I fail? What it's not the thing? What if I get put into a slot? What if, what if, what if? What would you say to a woman who knows that they're carrying something, but they just don't know how to move forward? What would be your best piece of wisdom? Well, that's a good question. Um, sometimes we don't move forward because of the internal wrestle. And sometimes mm-hmm. it is because externally we're like, I don't know how to do this thing. Um, and so just speaking to the 
internal wrestle, I do feel like there is a piece that comes when we say yes to the thing that God has called us to. And it doesn't mean that we don't still have butterflies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we're not so nervous, but kind of being able to, that's where, where, again, I love just the practice of having that time of quiet and silence with God, where we can have a peace. And so when I, when I decided that I was going to pause my podcast, I had a piece about it. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was a partial piece of like, okay, that was a lot of work and I'm going to write like there's that, but then there's a piece that comes with just kind of that obedience. Mm-hmm. And so even saying yes to planning that Malibu retreat, I did not have a piece when I said yes, that was like, oh, I've got no, no, no more work. It's not like that the weekend Friday right. night piece. It was a piece of obedience. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we won't still feel nervous and it doesn't mean that things will necessarily look the way we thought or we plan. One of my favorite things to do is make plans for God and just say, Hey, <laughs> like, here's how you're going to make it all work. This is why, like, I, I'm, I am great at it. If he needs an assistant, I could do that. Um, but I've really had yeah. to say yes to peace without knowing outcomes again that's where I love I'm I'm just a huge fan of especially Old Testament stories where I just look through and go like what were what was Gideon thinking well he had to go down um, I mean God was so gracious with him to say like here you can hear what the other side is thinking Um, but he didn't know the outcome and so you know we're we're going forward into things without knowing yeah what is going to be on the other side and I will say this there's also been a lot of heartbreak and loss. And, you know, there was one, uh, I mentioned, I sometimes run my course um, online with groups of people. And so I've had some times where it's been like, oh, a ton of people signed up. This is so great. And this is fun. I've had times where no one has showed up and I sat there crying my face off. (laughs) I am a loser. Like all of those things, getting another ugly cry to one of my friends, but that's like, people aren't, I'm not going to post that as much as I, you know, love to be vulnerable and authentic, I'm probably not going to be like, Hey, guess where I just <laughs> felt like a failure. So I think though, the success is in the obedience, right? Like you, you may feel a glimmer of peace saying no to God from it. Like you might feel like a, like, and I actually did say no for the Malibu retreat. There was a moment where I just said, I don't care, God, I, I know you're asking me to do this, but I'm just going to say no. I don't, it's too much stress. I'm going to say no. And I did for, I don't know, maybe a day or two. And I actually had messaged my contact who I'd started making plans with. And I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. So don't hold that space for me. Get another group in there. And she basically came back to me and said, no, no, no. We want you to come. We're going to help. We're going to work with you. We're going to, and I was like, so I tried to quit and you didn't let me. So, um, but there is a peace that comes when we, when we're walking out where God wants us, even though it's scary, it's so scary to say yes to signing up for grad school or applying for that job or right. Like we all have those things. And I wish that we arrived and we never had to make another scary decision again. Mm -hmm. Um, what I have found is I have talked to women who have gone ahead of me that, there will be continue to be things that yeah. like 
God will put in front of us. We're like, ah, I'm, I'm here again, where he's asked me to do something that feels. And, and for me, that Malibu retreat was, I had already run a few smaller retreats. I think that was God's grace to say, Hey, I did, you did one a few years ago. Just, it was just a little half day. Oh, and then you did one for about 20 women. Okay. Now we're going to do one for 70 women. And the one I have coming up this year is like, we're going to have 150 women. And so uh, I think that is actually God's grace to say, yeah, this is bigger, but I've been, I've been actually preparing you. Right. Yeah. And we can look back on things and say, oh, you, you actually were preparing me in, in those yeah. smaller ways. So good. Remembering where God is in the picture and he's alongside you. He's your business partner, your friend, your running partner. Um, he runs before you. So that's such a great reminder. So as a woman who does all the things, where can women find you online? Where can they best find Jacqueline? Well, probably on Instagram. <laughs> um, I do have a website that's just my name, JacquelineWeiner.com. Um, as well as uh, my email, JacquelineWeidner1 at gmail.com for people who like to be offline. Um, but yes, Jacqueline.Widener is my Instagram. And that's usually where I hang out. And I do love connecting with women. Um, that's my favorite part of social media is making real life connections. And so if you message me, that's usually where we can actually have a real conversation. Yeah. And I hope people do because it's been a joy. I can't remember where we first met, but it's been just a joy and delight. And it's hard in Canada sometimes to find each other, isn't it? Like we're a big old country. We're all spread out. There's not a lot of us, but I'm glad that you're here in this, uh, in this nation and uh, for such a time as this. So thanks so much, Jacqueline. Um, this has been priceless. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gather Influence podcast and leaning into the stories of ordinary yet extraordinary women doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose across our nation. We are deeply grateful to our season seven sponsorship partner, Compassion Canada, and encourage you to not miss the opportunity to reach out and sponsor a child and release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. You can find out more by checking out compassion.ca slash if dash only. And keep tracking with us on social at Gather Women, on our website at gatherwomen.com, where you will find all the show notes for this season, our exciting programs to connect, equip, and mobilize women across Canada, and to register for Gather Rise Genesis taking place February 4th, 2023 in Calgary, Alberta. This week, we trust you will rise in purpose and influence your world. We're here to serve you and believe in you. Until next time, God bless.